Why are black mothers in the U.S. dying during childbirth more than three times the rate of white women? I'm so glad that you asked that. And it's a really, we're in a crisis. Actually, the CDC has said that black women are in a state of emergency. There's like a lot of invisible factors that come into play. There's things like um, preeclampsia. I know uh, last week, or I think it was a week before, um, Beyonce had announced in her Vogue article Mm -hmm. that she had preeclampsia and ended up with high blood pressure, had to have an emergency C-section for her twins. Uh, Serena Williams had talked about having nodules on her on her lungs or something like that, like clots and stuff. And so she ended up having um, a C-section. And then we have women who don't have the money and access that are victims of systemic racism. You know, doctors, if you go to a hospital, it's already steeped in the culture of supremacy. Even though there's beautiful doctors who work very well with us and with their clients, there's still the culture is one of like, we know everything. Let us handle it. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Thank you for tuning in. Um, That clip that we had is basically the intro into what the conversation is going to be about today. And it's about how African-American women are dying at a higher percentage than any race at the hospital after delivering a baby or during the process of delivering a baby. So um, just a little quick backstory on this. I don't have any personal connection to anyone that has dealt with this, but I have had, um, I watched this show called The Resident and is what really got me interested in this topic. So I was at home watching this episode and it was basically about this um, African-American family. Um, Woman was going into labor. She went to the hospital and she had to do a C-section, which is, you know, a lot of women do have to um, do C-sections or natural birth. Um, and she had to do a C-section and, you know, everything was fine. You know, she w- went back to her room and, you know, her husband could tell that it just she just wasn't normal. Something just was off about her. And, you know, only your spouse can can know that. So he was just noticing that she just wasn't responding how she should you know yes she just had a c-section but she shouldn't be so out of it you know and she was just completely out of it he kept going to the nurse's station kept trying to get them to check on her you know and see what's wrong with her and they just were not you know we'll get to her when we can sir we're busy yada yada and you know she was sweating she was shaking he was like something is clearly wrong with my wife and Hours passed, and I mean hours, like over 10 hours passed. He kept going to nurse's station, and finally the nurse said to him, look, sir, your wife is not a priority right now. So he went back to the room, and then when a nurse finally came in to check on her, the nurse noticed something was wrong, and they saw that she was she basically was internally bleeding and had and had been bleeding all of that time. They rushed her to surgery, but she didn't survive. And that I didn't realize that that was a true story. So I'm I, clearly I've been out here blinded by this whole situation. And I said, whoa, this is a true story. Let me do some more research on it. So I did some more research and realized that this is actually a huge thing that's going on in this country. And it's interesting because. As I researched it, America has the most cases of African-American women, actually any woman, dying after giving birth. And 
America has it the worst. And I didn't realize how many black women actually were going through this. Now, I knew I know black people's history with, you know, the healthcare system. Like I'm not, you know, I have a whole episode talking about that as well, but I wasn't aware of how many black women were dying after giving birth and you know, the numbers really shocked me and I think this is something that isn't talked about enough and it's something that I personally want to bring forth on my platform to help be an advocate to women and to help support in any way I can on this issue because there are a lot of mothers that have to deal with this and or have come close to dying and I want to talk about it. So that's what we're going to um, talk about today. And um, th- um, when um, when I researched, I noticed that 33% of black women said that they have personally been discriminated against because of their race. And every time they go to the doctor's office or a healthcare clinic and 21% said that they have avoided going to the doctor to seek health cons- um, to seek questions about their health because they're scared of what the doctors will say or scared what the doctors may do. And that's, 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 that's crazy. Um, also statistics show that 50 black women die every year due to maternity, maternal uh, mortality, 50 black women a year uh, may not seem a lot to you, but it's actually something that shouldn't happen because a lot of these women are dying because of the way they're treated these aren't women who are dying because they have some underlying health issue or some you know um mistake on their end they are actually dying because they're not being cared for by the doctors and nurses who are sworn to care for every single patient. And so why is that something that we have to go through? I don't think that's, I don't think of, you know, um, a new father. Um, and the story I was telling you guys about, it was um, about the Kiara Johnson story. And, you know, he is now raising t- um, two kids and, who never had a chance to meet their mother. He never had a chance to say, you know, goodbye to his wife or, you know, they went to the hospital to deliver their son. The last thing that's on anyone's mind should be on anyone's mind when they're going to the hospital to deliver their child is if they're going to come home with their child. Like no mother should be thinking about that. And unfortunately, a lot of black women, that's something that they've been thinking about. You know, a lot of black women are opting to do home births or, you know, getting midwives or having someone else in the room that have knowledge that has knowledge of, you know, how a birth should go to that that can protect the woman because it seems like no one is protecting the woman. And, you know, racial despair, um, dis- uh, disparities with black women, you know, is is a huge thing. Um, It's something that's really big. You know, we've had some. We've had some celebrity women, you know, who have come forth and talked about their situations with um, giving birth. Um, Serena Williams was very vocal about how, you know, she was uh, had um, hypertension while giving birth. And she did a documentary talking about it and how her childbirth was extremely hard and complicated. And, 
it seemed as though she wasn't going to make it. Um, Beyonce, Beyonce talked about it on her documentary with her twins, her last, her twins that she had and how she had to go on bed rest like very early in her pregnancy and how she, you know, was high to hypertension and things like that during the delivery of her twins and things like that. And, you know, these are rich women. So these are women who can actually afford good health care regardless of their race. You know, they can afford it. And so if you think about the fact that they had to go through things like this and Serena was very vocal on how she felt she was treated at, at, at the hospital, you know, as far as her race is concerned. And, you know, she can afford the good, the good quality care. And that just makes you think of the women who can afford that you know who how they're treated you know how their needs are met when they go to the hospital and so you know Kiara Johnson's story kind of touched me because you know she was you know middle class um you know very well you know respected um young woman she was in her 30s and her husband uh, very respected her mother-in-law was actually um judge um Oh my gosh, judge, judge, I can't think of her name. She was, a, she used to be the lady that used to do divorce court um, back in the day. Um, I can't think of her name, but that's her mother-in-law. That's his mother, her husband's mother. And so, again, they're well-respected family. And, you know, I don't, I can't imagine how the husband feels to be told in his face, you're, you're sorry, your wife is not a priority right now. I don't know what nurse would say that. I don't know how you would say that to a patient that your wife is not a priority. I don't know how you fix your mouth to say something like that, but it was said. And he's to this day, he's legally has, he's suing, suing that hospital and he should, he should sue the hell out of him. And he's going through things with them right now, you know, to help, you know, it's not going to bring his wife back, but good God, you know, this is, this is some pretty, pretty awful treatments that we see happening um, to our black, uh, to our black mothers. Um, black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy related causes than white women. Um, three to four times more and got that information from um, CDC. And, you know, the worst part about this, as I stated before, it can, um, you know, this stuff, this is stuff that can be prevented, you know, um, and it seems as though a lot of black women feel as though their needs are not as important as um white women or other races. You know, what I'm just going to say white women because other races would not compare as, at all as well. And you know, they go to the hospital, you know, um they 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 just don't feel as though they're being treated as a priority. And you know, I'm not trying to say anyone's needs shouldn't be met when they go to the hospital. Everyone, everyone's level of care should be treated as such. But you you would just think, you know, a woman who's giving birth that, you know, every her, that she's a somewhat a priority and you want to make sure that everything is well. You know, I don't understand how 10 hours can pass and a lady gave, um, you know, she had a C-section and you. How how do you don't go check on your patients, you know, and how do you not care to even go check on that patient? You know, regardless, even if the husband never came to the nurse station to say something is wrong, 
there should not be a gap in between 10 hours before you go check on your patient. Never. You know, I don't know how you make your rounds. You know, I'm not a nurse, but I do work in the healthcare field. And I do know that within your rounds, within 10 hours, that patient should have at least been checked on three times, at least three times, you know, on your floor, in your shift, if not the person shift after you, that lady should have been checked on. Not the fact that 10 hours passed and this woman is bleeding internally. I mean, come the hell on, people. You know, we have to stop treating every treating people like they're just easy to throw away. You know, they're important to someone, even though they may not be important to you. Um, so with the rise um in death um deaths with black women um due to um, due to um, maternal mortality, we've also um, noticed that these women who have gone to the hospital for these natural um, births or natural births they think they're going to have, it has been a lot of pul- pulmonary um, embolisms that have happened, blood clots have been developed, um, you know, like I said, the hypertension, you know, things like that have occurred with um, black women. Um, and another thing with the black women who are not as fortunate as the Beyonce's and the Serena Williams, you know, a lot of black women who do have, have gone into labor. A lot of them are, you know, uninsured. And so, you know, when you go to the hospital, you know, you know, I, people can say this all day long that they, they treat every patient the same. It's a load of bullshit because I've worked in hospitals before and I have noticed that, you know, people who have insurance are treated at a different priority as those without insurance or those with Medicaid insurance. And even where they take, even where they take women to go to the hospital, if you call an ambulance and, you know, if you have an insurance, say, say you have a blue hospital shield or United Healthcare, yay, you're, you know, Take me to this hospital. You could tell them. If you're not, they're going to take you to the nearest hospital that's in your area. And what if you live in a very horrible area? And so they're going to take you to the closest hospital by you. And what, you know, every hospital, in my opinion, is not designed to deliver children. There are some hospitals that are more trauma units. There are some hospitals that are more equipped for, you know, um, surgeries or whatever and then there are really good hospitals for you know delivering uh, for childbirth like here in Illinois Northwestern has an amazing children's hospital it's Northwestern's children's hospital Christ has a great children's hospital um Trinity Hospital is not really set up for you know you know giving birth if they if you have to they have doctors available but when you're planning out your pregnancy, you know, you go see your doctor, you go, you pick out the hospital. This is something that a mother plans in advance. You know, you just don't, you know, have sex on Wednesday and then you give birth Thursday. There's a whole plan and process for this. You go see your doctor, you have an OBGYN, you choose the hospital where you feel comfortable with having your child. But those decisions are not easy for women who don't have insurance because some of those hospitals don't take them. You know, um, they have to 
pay a lot of money up front. And so because of that, they, they don't get their prenatal care, their prenatal checkups like they should because they can't afford it. So those women don't get the proper care that they need to go to to have the the proper delivery that they should have with the with their child. Um and sometimes, you know, those with uh, Medicaid or they you know, when they have Medicaid, they prenatal cares, like I said, kick in later. So they've probably missed almost a whole trimester um, trimester of getting care for their child and getting the proper vitamins, the proper knowledge of, you know, their child at that early stage that is needed. So those mothers are not able to plan accordingly to have their babies delivered at a right hospital. Um, also, those mothers are more likely to have chronic conditions such as you know obesity diabetes hypertension and that also makes it harder to deliver a baby as well and so there's a lot that goes into play with this topic and um the um like I said before about the hospitals you know it's very important to make sure that you you plan accordingly when you go to your hospitals, you know, research these hospitals, research, you know, their how many how many babies are delivered at the hospital, research the doctors that are delivering because sometimes you're you may not be able I think it's I kind of think it's rare that, you know, some people actually get their baby delivered by the person they have been going to see the whole nine months they've been pregnant because some of these babies come at you know, not when they're supposed to come. So you may have to go and be delivered by someone who wasn't even there throughout your whole care for your pregnancy. So it's good to research those hospitals in advance, research those doctors on staff. So it's not a surprise to you. And it's not a surprise that this doctor is touching you that probably is the first time they delivered a baby or maybe they've had, you know, their, their, um, their rates of delivery isn't as strong as someone else. So these are things that these are other things that mothers can do to protect themselves so they can feel more comfortable in the situations that they get in so that they don't have to wait to the last minute and find out that something is wrong or you know that they have to have a C-section. I've you know I've talked to a lot of um, women who have said that it's some some hospitals try to force you to have a C-section when you don't want to have one. That's something that is really going around and you can definitely go read about it because there are a lot of women who say that they 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 deny and they say no, I do not want a C-section when they're clearly keep saying, well, "No, your baby's not moving, your baby's not positioned correctly." And the mother just says, "You know, I'll wait. I'll just wait, you know. I'll wait." And the baby turns and then they can end up having a natural vaginal birth when they're so quick to force the women to just get a C-section because it's quick, it's easy. They can get them out and move them somewhere else so they can go on to the next patient. And so don't be so quick to say, OK, let's do the C-section because C-sections are dangerous. They are, they are potentially dangerous. So if you can have a natural birth, do that because that's the safest outcome for you and the safest outcome for your baby and that's something that has also been proven I've talked to 
um, I have a couple of friends who, you know, were, were being forced to have C-sections and denied it. You know, the baby was breached or whatever the case may be. And they said no. And I think that that's something that um, you have to look at as well. Um, so researching this, I saw that I was just interested in knowing, okay, are there any more cases like here, Johnson's story? And I hate I even asked myself that question to look it up because I actually looked it up and saw that there are quite a few cases that are like Kiara Johnson's and actually some that are worse. So I'm just going to give you guys a couple of those cases and just let them sink into your mind how they had to sink into my mind. So there was his mother in Nebraska who had a history of hypertension who could not get her doctor to believe that she was having a heart attack after she gave birth to her child and her um she was you know complaining about chest pains and a lot of things after she gave birth to her um child and the nurses and the doctors were not paying attention to her they kept saying you know um it's okay you know you just had a baby you know just relax just breathe and she ended up having a heart attack and she died And again, that's because she was not, her needs were not being met. They were not being taken seriously. Um, So there was a time I was in the hospital and I, I feel like doctors sometimes feel as though because they are a doctor that they know everything when could be true, but you don't know my body. And I think that we have to make sure that, and that's why researching your doctor is important because when you establish a relationship with your doctor, they're not going to talk to you or treat you in a way of where they don't address your concerns. Um, My current doctor I have now, she's an amazing physician and I love her simply because she takes things I say to her seriously and she talks to me with some sense and not she doesn't talk over me or talk down to me you know she talks to me as hey what's going on okay well let's explore that and see why that you know that's how she talks to me she doesn't say oh well you know that's not important you'll be fine and I think that we have to that's something that I wish this lady from Nebraska would have had the opportunity to do but unfortunately she didn't um the next um story I read was a young Florida mother um, who was having breathing problems and she was having breathing problems after she gave birth to her um, child and her doctor blamed it on her obesity because she was overweight. They said that, oh no, you're fine. It's just that, you know, you're big and that's why you're having breathing problems. When in fact, her lungs were being filled with fluid and her heart was failing and she died as well. Um, Yeah, so... Again, building relationships with your physicians is something that can help. Um, There was an Arizona mother whose um, anesthesiologist assumed she was a um, a marijuana smoker because of the way she did her hair. Um, And she died as well. Um, there was a Chicago businesswoman who was a high, had a high risk pregnancy who was so upset at her doctor that her and her doctor and her doctor's attitude she changed OBGYN's um in her se- in her seventh month only to suffer a fatal postpartum stroke. So, you know, there are 
multiple stories out there with women and their experiences with doctors, not just pregnant women, just women in general. And it does seem like black women at a higher rate are mistreated at hospitals for various reasons. And so there are, you know, different ways that I feel as though we can get better, you know, with this. And I think that one thing I've been mentioning is your relationship with your physician. I think that if you have a close family member or a close friend or someone who can be with you throughout your entire pregnancy um, at, you know, either if they can come to all visits, you know, if they can come to a couple of visits, but make sure they're there with you so they can be that person that speaks up for you because, you know, you're pushing, you're in pain. Maybe there's someone that can speak on your behalf and say, yes, just so you know, she has this condition. She has this. This is something she also has. You know, I'm a spokesperson for my mother, you know, so every time my mother goes to the hospital or is in the hospital for something, I'm on the phone with whoever her doctor is saying, look, this is, you know, yada yada, because my mother sometimes can't speak up for herself like she should. And so she has me there to assist. And so I think that that's something that can, that can help women, you know, get better care with having somewhat of a spokesperson, you know, in the room with them. Um, also something that I found out is that, um, women, you know, it's natural to go for your six week checkup and things like that. After you give birth, it's also been proven to not wait until your six weeks, go for a checkup within your first two to three weeks and not wait six weeks. Um, the reason that can help, it can help, um, it can stop postpartum depression. If you go sooner, um, postpartum depression is, really really huge with women after they give birth and you know that six week period may be too long um for women to wait before they get a checkup and before they you know make sure everything is fine uh when my mother had my sister my mother came home with my sister and everything and I want to say a couple of days or the day after my mother got home my mother was in excruciating pain when she had my sister. And so my mother had to get rushed back to the hospital. And it turns out they did not remove all of the, I think it's afterbirth, um, out of my mother after she had my sister. So my sister was actually, I mean, my mother was in, so, when I say my mother was in so much pain, you would have thought she was having birth again. And we did not know what it was, but that was what happened that was in the 90s you know and now they have you know better technology and everything but that was in the 90s and my mother like I was scared I did not know what was going on with my mother you know my two-day-old sister is in here crying we didn't know what was wrong with my mother and it turns out it turned out that they did not remove all of the afterbirth out of my mother um I mean she was bleeding it was just really it was really bad and it just shows how you know, this can affect, this can affect everyone. Um, something else that, um, they said that can help, um, women dealing with this is that, um, according to the CDC, um, more than half of maternal deaths occur during the postpartum period. And, uh, one third happens, um, 
seven days after the delivery. So that goes back into where I was saying while they're saying that on top of knowing that also knowing that waiting six weeks for your checkup is probably not that good. Now it's probably okay for your child to still, you know, bring your child for your, the six weeks checkup. But you as the mother, you probably should go in within a week or two after giving birth. It's a huge adjustment to your life after giving birth to a child, a huge, huge adjustment on your body. You know, I'm not a woman, but I that's something I never want to experience. I don't never want to experience birthing a child because of the changes it does to your body. So I think that, you know, it's good to go to the doctor before that six weeks. And I don't think you should feel ashamed. I don't think you should feel um weird because it has nothing to do with your love to your child or being a mother it's simply just to make sure that your body everything's healing okay that you're getting back to normal that everything is functioning the way it should be function uh should be functioning and so that's why um it's really encouraged that mothers do that um before 6 weeks um and also as I stated earlier about um, C-sections and, you know, how dangerous they are, especially if you had a C-section, please go back and get that checked, you know, and make sure you're, you're healing properly from that because a lot of African-American women are showing that they are getting C-sections and are having to get um, cesarean is what they is what it, C-section is cesarean and are getting those things done and so you should get checked because again you you don't want you know ble- bleeding internally and just you know things like that and so I think that we're so used to just the norm and the norm is just you know go back to six weeks or just go back to work you know which is another thing that plays into the healing process for a lot of women because a lot of companies do not offer great maternity leaves or great time taken off taken off um i think my my mother says she worked up until she her water broke with me and you know a lot of african american women don't have the luxury of taking off so far in advance in their pregnancy they are working up until the time that they are their water break and why it's because a lot of jobs only offer you um, six weeks maternity leave. And honestly, how, 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 how much healing can you get done mentally and physically and emotionally in six weeks to be able to go back to a job, especially if your job is already a high, high stressful job and you have a six week year old child? What if you're a single mother? You know, so that's why even with everything that's going on in the world right now, they're trying to offer um, they're trying to offer uh, 12 week maternity leave or 12 week um, uh, pay. Um, I mean, 12 weeks is better than six. You know, 12 weeks, the child is what, at least four months. Was that 40, 12? No, three months. Um, yeah, it's three months. So that's better than a six week <laughs> trying to find something to do with a six week year old child, you know, three months, your body is at least getting back to some type of um, normal being. So that's why a lot of people in government are advocating to get that six week pay, paid leave for mothers because that gives them more time to adjust. 
And that's another reason why it helps with, um, and that will also help with the postpartum because that's something that a mother won't have to think about with how I'm going to care for my child in six weeks. Who am I going to leave my child with in a couple of weeks? You know, mothers don't want to be leaving their child that early. Like, geez, I, I personally wouldn't want to. So, you know, that's something to think about, especially for, you know, African-American women who do not have the luxury of having, you know, nannies or you know, a strong support system that can help them care for their child, you know, especially if they're a single mother and don't have, you know, a husband or someone they can switch off with with a child. Um, so it's really strongly encouraged for women to educate themselves um, and have that strong support system um, and to have someone that can help them during those, those health care crises because it's, it's, again, being able to understand that this healthcare system is for so many years has not been designed to help African Americans in general. It has not been designed to look out for us in general. So you have to be able to look out for yourself and which is a shitty thing to say, but until we get the reforms in order that we need for the healthcare system, you have to understand that, as a mother, you you want to be able to be prepared for the worst and being prepared for the worst is understanding who your doctor is, understanding your support system that's going to help you through this process and also understanding that it's okay to see your doctor before um, before a six week checkup. So these are all things that I think that is important for women to understand and for us to understand who have black women in our lives who are, you know, mothers or mothers to be, to be there for them because it's not a, we do not, the last thing that a mother needs to be worrying about is if she's going to be able to see her child after she gives birth to them. That's not something that should be on any mother's mind. And so in order for us to help them, let's help educate them. And let's also try to help these, these reforms that are happening in the healthcare and help them go through you know when it comes to voting make sure we voting for the people that we could put in office that can help us with health care reform and passing these bills so that we all can have be treated equally in the health care system thanks you guys for listening i truly appreciate it talk to you soon to follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, it's Cordero underscore Santiago. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on um, the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to. I'm so excited that I have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed, or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode, I have an email address for you to do all of those things. The email is darrowdaresyou at gmail.com. So I'll spell that for you. Darrow, D-A-R-O-D-A-R-E-S-U. Darrowdaresyou at gmail.com. Send me an email.